a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Reach out to Governor Herbert. Text 57500 or call him at 801-575-8255. It's Let Me Speak to the Governor. Governor, before we take uh, Gary's phone call, for or Mike, Mike was on the line first. We had two calls from Moab. We'll take Mike's phone call next. But I've got to ask, because this just happened in the last several days, Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals, there has been this ongoing kind of running gun battle over SB 54 in the state ever since it was passed, and then the uh, the Central Committee of the Republican Party uh, chose to challenge it. And now, not only the Supreme Court of the state of Utah, our local courts, local federal courts, but now the uh, three panel uh, judges over in the Tenth Circuit have said, no, it stands. So well, is this going to go forward, in your opinion? Uh, you are of the Republican Party. Are Republicans going to continue to fight this? <laughs> well, I think there's some that are saying we, we won't give up and we'll continue until we get to the very end. That would mean a Supreme Court decision or an en banc decision at the Tenth Circuit. So who knows? My crystal ball is as foggy as anybody's, but these people are impassioned uh, about this. Um, I, I reject the false narrative that I hear out there, which makes me uh, disappointed that somehow the legislature passed Senate Bill 54 as incumbent protection. Actually, the motivation behind that was to protect the caucus convention system because it was going to go down and, uh, and defeat at the polls. Uh, 70-plus percent approved going just to a straight general primary. So the compromise actually, I think people like. They think, I see how it's working, and I think most people in the state of Utah like the dual pathway may not be perfect, but then no system is perfect. I'm disappointed because of this civil war that we are engaged in inside the party, and I don't think that's healthy. I don't think it's good for the Republican Party. I hope we can reconcile differences and, and move together in more spirit of cooperation. I'm a Ronald Reagan Republican. Most of us genuflect to the, the patron saint of, of Ronald Reagan. Uh, he was uh, known to say, hey, if you agree with me 80% of the time, you're my friend. Uh, he had a, uh, wanted to have a big tent, let people come in at different points of view and see if we can't work together and, and uh, respect different points of view. That seems to be a challenge right now uh, with some in the party, and I think that's unfortunate. Let's take a phone call. As I uh, promised, we'll go to Mike, who has uh, been patiently waiting in Moab. Mike, you're on KSL. Hi, thank you. Good afternoon. Um, I am curious about uh, why Bill Number 224 was signed last week. Um, it literally subverts the will of the voters of Grand County, um, forcing us to change our very much working system in the county government, um, disallowing us to have nonpartisan elections, disallowing us to have a recall mechanism for our politicians. Um, I'm just wondering how this fits into the mantra of local control. Okay. Well, that's a great question, and I don't know all the motivation for the folks down in Grand County, but I do know, because I come from county government, that the when the change was made to the council form that you have down there now, it was in violation of state law. Maybe there's some residual of that. 
We had different counties that were changing their form of government. Uh, they didn't like the three-member commission or the five-member commission, and we've seen it. Uh, we've seen it change in a couple of other counties. Salt Lake County changed theirs, but followed the law. And at that time, the legislature said, we need to put some parameters in place as far as how you change the form of government that complies with the law and gives uh, some kind of, uh, I think, uh, process that everybody can uh, appreciate and participate in. So I expect that's what they're doing here is trying to clarify it. I can tell you it passed in a very significant bipartisan way. There's only two dissenting votes in the House and the Senate on this issue. And it really just designed to clarify the process of how to change county government. If you don't like it, you can vote against it. You can change whatever you can want to change under the law. And we ought not to have just a hodgepodge of different forms of county government out there. And I think that's what the legislature is trying to address. Governor, I think we have time for maybe one final call here. And let's go to uh, David, who's on the line in Salt Lake City. Hi, David. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, I wanted to ask you about Tax, uh, increasing the fees for traditional hybrids. I'm really troubled by that aspect of that uh, pretty confusing bill, just because every inch a traditional hybrid travels is, of course, powered by gasoline, which you pay taxes on. Um, now, I can understand the argument for plug-in hybrids or electric cars increasing the registration fees for that. But my nearly 20-year-old hybrid that's only worth $2,000, I've now got to pay more registration fees on it than someone registering a Lamborghini. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, well, a lot of things that happen sometimes don't make sense, and and it's... uh there's mistakes made all the time. The challenge we face going forward with transportation funding is how do we make everybody pay on some kind of equal footing? Those that drive a Tesla, how are we going to get money out of them when it's just all electrical and they don't pay any of the gasoline tax at the pump? And so they're trying to find a way. And by the way, this is a work in progress. Uh, we've tried hydrogen-powered cars. Now we have a lot more electrical cars coming in and some hybrids that are still there. I used to have a Tahoe myself, which is a hybrid. And uh, so, uh, again, the, the question is, what is the fair way to assess uh, those who beat up the roads and, and we have to have repair? And so uh, some of it's going to be probably increased registration because it's not just uh, your hybrid. It's We have cars that are getting better efficiency and, fuel, uh, and mileage on the fuel used, which doesn't produce the same amount of revenue, even though they're causing more damage than ever before on the highway. So there's no easy system here. It's not a black and white deal. It's probably trying to find a way that's fair for most everybody uh, that drives and, and, and needs the roads there to be maintained. And that'll be a work in progress. I can tell you, this is going to be a very uh, uh, dynamic change over the next generation. It's not going to be static. Gasoline tax is not going to be the way to do it as we go in the future. And um, so stay tuned. Make sure you talk to your legislature so that your concerns are, in fact, understood and appreciated and articulated. I think you have a legitimate grief uh, uh, beef. Governor, we thank you for joining us today, fielding so many questions. I appreciate you being here. I didn't even throw the uh, question, Martha Hughes Cannon or Philo Farnsworth, uh, at you. I'm going to let you off the hook. Oh, well, I'm in favor of both of them. There you way. So, Perfect yeah, answer. perfect political answer. And they're both going to be in prominent positions, I can promise you. There we go. Governor Herbert, thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you all for uh, calling in and uh, listening to Let Me Speak to the Governor. The Jay Magnew Show is coming up next. It is 1259.